Hello and welcome to this short podcast on introduction to homeostasis. In this recording, I'm going to talk um, a little bit about a brief introduction to homeostasis and explain some of the components involved in homeostasis in the body. I'm going to talk briefly about negative and positive feedback loops. And I'm going to finish talking about how the body systems work together to help the body maintain homeostasis. So let's have a, um, a brief description of homeostasis in general. The word homeostasis refers to the body's ability to maintain a stable internal environment or equilibrium. And this can be through a number of um, mechanisms in the body, such as regulation of water balance, regulation of body temperature, regulation of hormones in the body. And that's just to name but a few. There are others as well, which we'll have touched on over the course of the module. Either way, just irrespective of what the, the regulating mechanism is, homeostasis will always require that the body is continuously monitoring the internal conditions within it. So for example, monitoring body temperature, um, the body will have a certain number of um, mechanisms in which it's always monitoring the temperature in and around the set point, which is the physiological value around which normal range can fluctuate and still maintain homeostasis. A normal range is a set of values in and around the set point that are optimal and help for health and homeostasis to be maintained. So for example, the set point in body temperature is 37 degrees Celsius. The normal range for blood pH is 7.35 to 7.45. And in and around that range or within that range, blood pH can fluctuate as long as it doesn't go outside the range of 7.35 to 7.45. Within the body, we then have control centers, um, mainly found in the brain, that are responsible for regulating physiological parameters in and around the normal range and keeping them within a normal range. So while the body is continuously working to maintain homeostasis, if there is significant deviation outside a normal range, um, the control centre will be responsible for acting on that to try and restore homeostasis back to within the normal range. But it's important to remember that the body is always trying to um, prevent deviation outside the normal range and it will always work to resist that and to maintain homeostasis. But where homeostasis um, does deviate outside the range, we have um, the role of the feedback loops comes into play to try and restore things. So within a feedback loop that's responsible for maintaining homeostasis, we need three components to be constantly um, working. The first one is the sensor, and um, that can also be known as a receptor or a detector. The second one, as I've just previously mentioned, is the control center. And the third one is the effector. 
So the sensor or the detector or the receptor um, will be constantly monitoring the physiological value of any of those mechanisms we mentioned earlier, such as body temperature, blood pH, water bonds, calcium levels, etc. The receptor or the sensor or the detector is responsible for detecting the change in the environment. And it is always reporting the value it detects to the control center. So the control center um, is a vital component in the feedback loop that will be constantly comparing the values that it receives from the receptor or detector or sensor to the values it knows to be the normal range for the body. If the value deviates too much from a set point or a normal range, then the control center will activate the effector. And the effector is the part of the feedback loop that will initiate or trigger a change to occur to reverse the situation and to return the value to within the normal range and hence restore homeostasis. Muscles and glands are good examples of effectors in the human body. So the next part I'm going to talk about briefly are the two types of feedback loops that exist to maintain homeostasis. By far the more common of the two is the negative feedback mechanism and it is involved in um, when the body detects a deviation from a set point it will set about restoring the original, restoring values back to the original normal range or set point. Um, and they do this by, um, again, using the, the components that we've mentioned, the sensor, the control system and the effector. Um, and the ultimate goal here is to set about um, a series of changes that will as we said, revert the change back to the normal range, to, to homeostasis. Good examples of negative feedback loops are, as I've already mentioned, maintenance of body temperature, maintenance of water balance, maintenance of pH in the blood, and one I haven't mentioned already, maintenance of blood glucose levels. Um, so let's use blood glucose as an example. When the body detects um, there is excess glucose in the bloodstream or hyperglycemia, this will tell cells in the pancreas, known as the pancreatic beta cells, to do something to get rid or to, to eliminate the excess glucose from the blood. And these cells will release the hormone insulin into the blood. And it's important to note here that insulin is the body's only way of reducing blood glucose levels. So that becomes a problem in diabetes where we maybe have, particularly type 1 diabetes, where we have um, the, the beta cells unable or to produce sufficient insulin or for the body to 
regulate blood glucose levels. So when we have high level of glucose in the body, the pancreatic beta cells will secrete insulin and insulin will signal to muscle cells, fat cells, etc., to take up the excess glucose, to remove it from the bloodstream um, inside the cells where it is used as one of the raw materials for the production of ATP, the energy molecule. The opposite of this also happens um, in terms of negative feedback where we have a drop in blood glucose levels, so hypoglycemia. And um, when that happens, the pancreatic alpha cells will halt the secretion of insulin and this will prevent the blood sugar levels from reducing any further and will allow blood glucose levels to be restored to the normal range. A good example of a negative feedback mechanism for um, homeostasis in the human body is temperature regulation, whereby the body can promote heat loss if it finds it's getting too hot, or it can stimulate heat gain if it feels it is getting too cold. And within the brain, the temperature regulatory centre or the thermoregulation centre of the brain is constantly monitoring the body's temperature to ensure that it stays within its normal range. It can then um, set about a number of mechanisms to, to stimulate or preserve heat in the body if it finds the body's getting too cold. And this um, can involve things like vasoconstriction at the skin, surface of the skin to help prevent any loss from heat loss from blood that's circulating near the surface of the skin. Other things the body can do would be shivering, where the rapid contraction and relaxation of skeletal muscle will help to generate heat, which will help to raise the body temperature. Um, and these are just a couple of examples of how the body can use negative feedback to restore body temperature to within the normal range. Positive feedback um, is a lot less common in the human body. And the two examples that we really always talk about here are childbirth, where we have the body responding to changes in the mother's body during um, labour and delivery of the baby. And all of this um, is triggered when the first contractions of labour push the baby towards the cervix and this stretching that this causes will stimulate um, nerves to tell the brain to release oxytocin into the bloodstream. Oxytocin then will stimulate even stronger contraction of the smooth muscle of the uterus, push the baby further down, enhances the stretching further and so the cycle continues and snowballs if you like. With each cycle of stretching, more oxytocin is released and the contractions get more forceful up until the point when, point in which the baby is born. Once the baby is born, the stretching of the cervix ceases and this will halt the release of oxytocin and hence stop the positive feedback loop. The other example in the human body of a positive feedback loop is hemostasis or blood clotting 
not to be confused with homeostasis. Um, they do both sound very similar. So hemostasis, heme, of course, referring to blood. Um, hemostasis or blood clotting. Um, the aim of that is to prevent excessive loss of blood from the body and the body, the, the blood clotting or coagulation cascade will respond to that by um, initiating the clotting process. With each um, cascade of the clotting process, more clotting substances are secreted and released. And it this process of cascading accelerates clotting and rapidly um, seals off the damaged area, which will prevent any further loss of blood and um, will also prevent the um, possibility where um, microbes or pathogens can enter the body through the damaged area. So um, normal, um, the normal processes of labour, the secretion of oxytocin and hemostasis are two examples of positive feedback in the body. The final thing I want to finish on um, in this short explanation of homeostasis is the role of integrating the body's systems. So we already know that all of the organ systems in the body perform their own specific functions and collectively, um, whilst they all can work independently, collectively they do have to work and collaborate together to help the body maintain homeostasis. And we can think about that in a number of different ways. Um, one example to use our example of body temperature again, when um, the body is maintaining temperature, we have to consider the role of the cardiovascular system, the role of the integumentary system, another name for the skin, the role of the respiratory system and the role of the muscular system, all of which work together to maintain body temperature in and around 37 degrees Celsius. So using the example I've already said, um, this time I suppose we talk about a body, an increase in body temperature. So if the body detects um, a rise um, outside of the normal range, this will cause blood vessels to dilate. Dilation of blood vessels near the surface of the skin will allow more blood to flow to the surface of the skin. Um, this will facilitate heat loss from the blood within those vessels um, through radiation from the skin into the surrounding environment or air. Heat can also be lost um, through sweating in the body um, because as sweat evaporates it will help to cool the body. Heat is also lost through rapid breathing where the body um, expels excess heat through the, the process of um, deep breathing, um, which is often why you would expect once you've done some heavy exercise um, that the body will breathe deeply and heavily. It's one way of getting more oxygen to the muscles and also getting rid of the extra carbon dioxide that's produced during exercise. So that is just a couple of examples of integration of different systems of the body to help maintain homeostasis. I hope you find this short discussion of homeostasis helpful. 
um, please feel free to leave any comments or ask any questions through the discussion forums and um, 